We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for you guys. I do it for you guys. I do it for you. Um, How is everybody? What the hell's going on out there? Gotta admit, dragging a little bit today. I'm gonna need your energy to somehow transfer both through the microphone and back through time. To help me out here because, like, obviously, when you're listening to this, I've already recorded it. So you can't give me your energy right then. I mean, you could because maybe it would still find your way, its way to me. And, like, I would just all of a sudden start feeling great on a Friday when I'm with students or something. But uh, the that's why I said the through time part. Maybe we can get it through the microphone, but also back to yesterday or however many days ago when you're listening to this and and I obviously I'm just rambling on about something that you're not even remotely interested in at this point but it's how I am man y'all I mean if, if if you're listening right now you've probably listened before maybe you haven't maybe you're just like damn I cannot wait to turn this off but at the same time if you have listened before you know things just get weird around here speaking of weird I was looking through the uh, NFL free agency list. We don't do transitions here. We're just jumping into other things other than me speaking. But on the real, it's just kind of been a longer day. You know, this was definitely one of those striking golds where I feel like I've got my notes laid down. I feel like I know what I'm going to talk about, but I just felt a little unsure, a little unmotivated, a little like, all right, let's do this type of deal. Got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And I just hit record and I'm like, we'll get through this together. In a, you know, and I'm sure I'm exaggerating or being a tad bit dramatic, but here we are and literally recording right now. It's been two minutes already and, and we're just moving. So I was perusing through before I hit record, I was perusing through the list of the best available free agents, courtesy of NFL.com backslash news backslash top dash 101 dash NFL dash free agents dash of dash 2023 dash who dash R dash the dash best dash players dash available 
that's the uh, web address if you would like to uh, visit the exact same site I am. See it? I mean, I told you it was a little ridiculous today, but it is what it is. I've got my Kirkland Signature Diet Green Tea with citrus flavor. If you haven't tried it, try it. It's very good. Very good. I was kind of like at a point where I wanted to stop drinking so much soda. And no, this is not carbonated, but it just tastes good. And it's like just like somewhere in between a drink that's unhealthy and water, you know? So if give it a shot. Look it up. It's good. You know what? Also, now we're really cooking with grease here. Any of you golfers out there, I've always said, look, if Kirkland, because they've they've got their wedges, they've got their putter. But I've always said, if Kirkland makes a set of golf clubs, I will buy it sight unseen the moment I'm allowed to click add to cart or literally grab the clubs and put them in my cart. And it just got announced not too long ago that Costco was making a a full set of irons. Uh, And I, like I said, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to buy those sight unseen the moment I can purchase them. I will purchase them. Uh, Honestly, don't even really care what the price tag is. But you know that since they're Kirkland, then it's going to be reasonable and it's going to be good quality. Where this is a a Costco positive podcast. Love me some Costco. Many things there I just can't buy because it's just too many of those things. But still, I remember, dude, okay. Brand new second lieutenant arriving in El Paso, Texas to Fort Bliss. Basically, I mean... The first real living situation for me when I've been completely cut off from my family, moved from California to Texas, was there all alone. I, I was the only person I knew there. And I, I, one of the first things I did was buy a Costco membership. I went there. I remember buying the muffins. I think I got like, because when you buy the muffins, it's for two. And, and like, there's no point to getting one because the price is for two. I got two and I could barely even finish the first package before the second patches package was already getting mold on it like i just realized that many of the things you get from costco as as inexpensive as they are per serving or whatever if you're like just by yourself (laughs) you aren't going to get to a lot of that and like it has to be something you can preserve and freeze and keep stuff like bread you know freeze one loaf take the other out type of deal but yeah, my adventures in Costco. I'm a very effective Costco shopper. I know where everything is. I make one loop. If I forgot about it on that loop, I ain't going back. That's against the flow. Or you're trying to cut across the closed section, which is very perilous, very dangerous. A lot of careless shoppers that leave their cart in the middle of the aisle and consider it. Don't do that. Um, so when I go into Costco, I do one loop. I go all the way down, I make a right, and then I come all the way back. And if I forgot something, then I will get it next time. I am on a 30-minute time limit, and I'm in. I'm looking for the shortest line. Not only am I looking for the shortest line, but something you also got to consider is quantity. Well, how many items does the person have? Is there self-checkout? That's always faster as long as you're willing to put in a little elbow grease. Okay? So, anyways, we're now almost six minutes in, and I have completely gone off the rails, but maybe this is more entertaining than talking 49ers at this point of the season when things are really of the year, when things are not really happening at all. Anyways, the list of the top 100 free agents, still available ones. Like the NFL did a solid here and they kind of broke it up into already signed, still available. Right up top at number nine overall was Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not necessarily sure 
he deserves to be that high now. Now, if he comes back this year and completely proves me wrong, then by all means, man. But, you know, two ACL surgeries, basically two years in a row. He's out there doing private workouts, but still not signed, asking for what I felt like was an unbelievable amount of money considering what he hasn't done in a while. And so that was just interesting to see that there. Bobby Wagner, I mean, he was a second-team All-Pro last year, and he's on this, which is, and he's still unsigned, which is interesting. Obviously, he's moving towards the end of his career, but um, definitely. I'm not saying these are all guys that 49ers should add, obviously. It, I mean, uh, the 49ers are at a position now where they can't really be throwing cash around. I think they have a little over $6 million left in the bank after the restructures and the signings. Yannick Ngakwe, that is somebody who I could see the 49ers looking at, depending on what the price tag is. Uh, you know, They need themselves an edge defender. They did sign one, but it wasn't necessarily the type of signing that alienates the team from making another. Right now, you're entering into that wait them out type of period of free agency where Every day that a player goes unsigned, they become cheaper. And that's what a lot of these teams are doing right now. DJ Chark, good player. Young player, only 26. Good receiver. Jadeveon Clowney is interesting. Into his 30s now, which is also interesting. It feels like the dude was getting drafted and they were playing that one clip from college where he blows up the running back over and over. Um, what other names we got on here that would maybe you guys would be interesting? Marcus Peterson on, is on here. That's interesting. I didn't know he was... Headed for free agency. I mean, that dude talks so much shit and gives up so much plays and still manages to make plays. You know, he should still be a starter, but that guy is just all over the map. Calais Campbell, I cannot believe that man is still going at it. And he's probably still hella good. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think he's the top tier player he once was, obviously, but I mean, the fact that he's still in here doing his damn thing. Is is pretty awesome. Melvin Ingram's an interesting name. That's another player who the, I could see the 49ers kind of taking a look at, depending on how cheap he would come. Still pretty effective on the edge. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Not none of these players. I'm I'm saying is just like a splash. Frank Frank Clark. Uh, you can sit your ass on this list. I don't care. Justin Houston is a name I saw that could be interesting. A guy in the very very twilight of his career. Um, who did the 49ers sign not too long ago that was in that same position? It was the dude that had the nasty spin move. Was it Dwight Freeney? Am I am I completely pulling that name out of a hat? Let me see. Was that was that the one that they was that him? I I'm almost positive that was him. But I could be completely wrong. No, it doesn't it doesn't ever say he was on the 49ers. Who am I thinking of? Who was the veteran dude the 49ers signed not that long ago? Tell me on Twitter a day later after it matters. It was it was the dude with the spin move, wasn't it? But it wasn't that joint. I don't remember. I'm beating myself up over here now. Anyways, y'all will know. You'll tell me. Um, But yeah, Justin Houston's a guy who's on the very, very tail end of his career, but still is is good, still is effective. So... That could be even somebody at the 49ers signed to throw into the rotation. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was a name I'm surprised to see on this list. He's pretty good. You know, I mean, he's, you could get him at a one year, pretty cheap deal. And, and that seems like a guy that you would be totally cool with being your number three slash number four wideout. And then here's where it gets really interesting. Not really interesting, just cool. Um, Nelson Aguilar was 98. So that was the end of the list. I, I skipped over plenty of names. I didn't want to just, you know, 
throw every name at you. That would take forever. Javon Hargrave is number one. This year, Javon Hargrave, now 49ers defensive tackle, was the top free agent on the market. And he is now headed to the 49ers, who were one game away from the Super Bowl. And obviously the 49ers had plenty of losses, but I just I kept scrolling. And when I came across that, I was like, damn, man, 49ers did well. Four years, 85 million, 40 million guaranteed. 49ers weren't messing around. That was such a surprise to me. Couldn't believe it. All right. So I guess we should start talking about the point of today's podcast. Maybe, maybe this this for this episode, I should record, you know, some podcasts have that little like little brief snippet before the intro where they like talk about what they're going to talk about in that podcast. Maybe I'll do that for this episode because I've just wandered off for so long that people can be 10 minutes in and I still haven't gotten to the point. Anyways, the point is what I want to do today is I want to just kind of want to round off, round off, round up, round, roundabout, breakdown. I want to break down the for, the state of the 49ers roster. Where are we at? We're coming up to the draft. The draft is about a month away. And the the main wave of free agency has subsided. The, the seas are calm. Okay. And you just have the other little free agents floating around, not really making any waves or any ripples. They're just chilling right now, waiting for somebody to come along and say, you know, I'll take you. Like those little things in the at the fair that you throw the rings around. You know, oh, I got I got me an OBJ. Cool. It's type of deal. That's what the rest of the free agents are doing right now. They're just floating. Not many rings being in toss because all the all the kids are walking by, knowing it's a ripoff, and even the parents are like, "There's no way I'm giving you two dollars to play that." And so all these free agents are just floating around. So right now, I think it's a good point to kind of just review the 49ers roster and where we sit. Not every single player, not like a, an entire roster review, but more or less like, who did the 49ers add? Who did they subtract? Apple just told me. Thriller in the Sweet 16. Number three, Gonzaga. Number two, UCLA are close in the second half. Catch the epic finish. Anyways. So we're going to review the roster, starting from the back to the front, offense to defense. Kind of like from the standpoint of additions and subtractions. Did the did the did the group, did the position group get better or worse? And kind of maybe a draft outlook briefly. I'm not talking like players to target, but just like, is this a position that the 49ers should hit heavily in the draft? We'll see. But let's start with let's get into it. We're we're rolling here. Let's start with running backs. This is not necessarily something that I'm gonna drag out terribly long. It's just kind of a brief summary of what happened in free agency and where that position sits right now. And and running backs is a very quick and easy one to start with because really nothing changed. They still have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell who are going to be seen as being the 1 and B. I'm not going to say 1A and 1B. Christian McCaffrey is your number 1. Elijah Mitchell is your number 2. Christian McCaffrey is far and away the number 1. That man is unbelievable. I'm still impressed at how much he changed this 49ers team. He was just a a bright and shining example for sometimes, no matter what Kyle Shanahan can do with a running back, sometimes you just got to uh, you got to get the elite player. Here's something interesting. If I asked you who was bigger, just like a bigger human being between Eli- uh, between Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, what would you say? 
I feel like a lot of people would say Elijah Mitchell because he's a pretty, he looks like a pretty powerful dude. But not only is Christian McCaffrey an inch taller than Elijah Mitchell, but he's also five pounds heavier. I just didn't picture that. Christian McCaffrey just looked a little smaller, a little leaner, a little quicker. Elijah Mitchell is not slow whatsoever, but just seemed like he packed a little bit more of a punch. But that's uh, that's not correct. Christian McCaffrey, from a size perspective, is is even bigger. Christian McCaffrey is just a little bit smaller than me. I'm right around six one, um, and and so that's Christian McCaffrey still a good size good size running back. You still got Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price on there. Those guys are going to be bounce uh, vying for that kind of like third role. Right now, I would assume Jordan Mason has the edge there, um, but it's it's. Elijah, it's just the same group. The 49ers have one of the absolute best running back cores in the NFL, propped up almost solely by Christian McCaffrey. But Elijah Mitchell, when he's in there, he's very good. It just seems like he's struggled with injuries a little bit. And uh, if he can put that behind him, which is, it's interesting too, because especially this last year, he wasn't necessarily asked to be the guy, but he, um, you know, he kind of, Still managed to miss time, and I'm not going to hang that over his head, but that's definitely something that uh, hopefully he can put behind him so that he can truly be that one-two punch along with Christian McCaffrey. Um, The quarterback room. Uh, Additions, Sam Darnold. Interesting. Subtractions, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, And for my other notes, once again, this shit is just up in the air. Like, the 49ers might be the best team in NFL history with an unstable quarterback situation. I mean, think about it. Think about how well they've done since, I mean, even even just since Jimmy Garoppolo got there, how many times they've made it to the NFC Championship game, playoffs, uh, and even Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes being healthy, sometimes being hurt, Trey Lance being drafted, Jimmy Garoppolo um, being hurt and Trey Lance playing, and then Trey Lance also being hurt, and then then Brock Purdy being hurt and Trey Lance being hurt. Like this is the best team. This might be the best team in NFL history that just doesn't know what the hell is going on at the absolute most important position in sports history. It's like just the weirdest team ever. And once again, the 49ers just have no idea what the hell is going on. Trey Lance is hopefully coming back and going to be just fine for the offseason program after two ankle surgeries. Uh, Brock Purdy just had elbow surgery that's supposed to keep him out for about five more months. Um, Then you've got Sam Darnold, who is a former uh, top five pick, uh, has had his moments, but overall his career has been a disappointment for what you would expect from a player drafted at that caliber. But between the addition of Sam Darnold and the subtraction of Jimmy Garoppolo, I would say technically the position got worse, but it, it didn't necessarily surprise anyone in the direction they went. It was always assumed that Jimmy Garoppolo would be headed out, but there's no question that you know Jimmy Garoppolo added a very massive safety net last year. Trey Lance comes in, comes in expected to be the guy, gets hurt in week two, and then Jimmy Garoppolo with a contract laden with incentives comes in and makes huge money. And in, in, in a large way is responsible for, in a large part responsible for the 49ers making it to where they did last season. And then Brock Purdy comes in and just looks like an upgrade, upgrade over everybody else. Completely makes no sense. But he did. He did. And by the way, Brock Purdy is like my size, 6'1", 220. I got a couple more pounds than that, but 
you know, it's just interesting when you see the size of people and kind of like if you never have paid attention to the size of people, then you just look for the first time. You, sometimes you're surprised. Maybe they're smaller than you think. Maybe they're bigger than you think. In terms of Brock Purdy, that's almost bigger than I thought. He doesn't – I mean, 6'1", 220 in the NFL is not big, but it, it's bigger than I thought he was. So an interesting group with plenty of weird dynamics. It's going to be a crazy offseason in which Trey Lance is going to be, for all intents and purposes, competing with Sam Darnold to make the start. Is that a competition that Trey Lance should win? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, but if he doesn't, then Sam Darnold must have done something well. And then in the background, you're going to have Brock Purdy starting to throw at some point during that offseason program, but will not be ready for the start of the regular season. So it's all over the place. The position got worse. It's still unclear, but did it get a lot worse? Not really. But if you including the injuries and the fact that Sam Darnold is the most healthy and capable quarterback on the roster right now, now you start to kind of uh, get an idea of, of where I'm coming from on that one. Offensive line. An interesting, uh, an interesting just dynamic going on here. Um, additions, I, I did include the re-signings. So like for additions, I do have Jake Brendel on here who was the 40, who was the 49ers center last year. They re-signed him on a new four-year deal. Um, he's sticking around. I do have that on the additions because to me, you know, you look at that and you're like, uh, well, he was very close to leaving. So I think that, you know, the 49ers chose to keep him for, chose to re-sign him. So to me, it like feels like an addition, you know? It feels like a little bit more than a player that just remained on the roster. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. They also added former Giants um, offensive lineman uh, John Feliciano, who is sort of uh, like your Jake or uh, your Daniel Brunskill replacement. He spent a few years in Oakland, spent a few years in Buffalo, um, and then last year played for the New York Giants and was with them for their uh, move to the playoffs. I wouldn't say run, but they did get there. And- and do things. Um, not necessarily somebody that is. Uh, I mean, he could compete with Jake Brendel for the starting role. That role just seems very solidified with Brendel being decent last year. Feliciano just seems like a guy who the 49ers know can play guard, can play center. Um, he played center last year for the Giants. You know, he played left guard, he played right guard. He, you know, he's. he's He's got the versatility to back up any position. And we saw Daniel Brunskill rotating in with Spencer Burford at one point. And that, to me, seems like something John Feliciano can do. Um, a good addition. You know, just somebody that kind of makes you feel a little bit better about your offensive line. Uh, subtractions are a big deal. Mike McGlinchey, yes, I know a lot of you guys were looking forward to his exit. But now the 49ers have a very, very, very important role to fill. Um, at right tackle, and, you know Daniel Brunskill also made his exit, but again, that's sort of a wash with John John Feliciano coming in. They both seem equally capable of fulfilling the same role. Uh, this position group definitely got worse. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That doesn't mean that it won't eventually get better, but right now they do not have a right tackle, and they signed Colton McKivitz to a two-year deal, and it was cheap. And Mike McGlinchey went and got like 17, 18 million a year, but that still doesn't solidify things for you when you step out onto the football field. 
Um, how comfortable is everybody with Colton McKibbitt stepping out there and replacing him Mike McGlinchey? Some of you guys, just based on your pure hatred for Mike McGlinchey and the constant goofy shit you had to see on a daily basis, you know, and, and unfortunately, I think Mike McGlinchey was a victim of just doing just enough to be, uh, you know, have to have bad highlights. You know, obviously, when you're not talking about an off- offensive lineman, then you're doing your job. But Mike McGlinchey was doing just enough to be talked about. And obviously, people still talk about Trent Williams, but that because that's because that dude's a freak. Just if if all of the NFL players, all of them, went to war, and in not and like like caveman type war, fists, no weapons, just an NFL here. It's like battle royale. Here's your NFL stadium. Let's go with Levi's. You enter this. All NFL players enter the stadium. And they have to beat each other in hand-to-hand combat. You don't have to kill anybody. We're not getting too violent here, folks. But you gotta you gotta render them inoperable, unconscious. All the NFL players are in here battling at once. You could just hear fighting all over. Ah, nah. You know, dudes falling off the the third the third floor down to the second floor, breaking hella plastic chairs. Guys are getting thrown through the screens, and and you know, guys are. It's just like a WWE. Uh, street fight brawl just happening everywhere and there could only be one winner my money's on trent williams just look at the guy like i i and i don't even think he would look messed up i just think that everybody would avoid trent williams until the end and then the last guy would be like damn i gotta fight trent williams when everybody else was kind of avoiding trent williams uh and even if and even if like you were allowed to briefly team up to to handle the bigger guys. I don't even think that would work unless you were to get some significant numbers on your side. So Trent Williams, if if there was a, you could even go like tournament style, one-on-ones until you get to the very end, the biggest bracket in the world. Trent Williams is, is winning that. So that's why people talk about Trent Williams. Mike McGlinchey, on the other hand, people talk about him because, like I said, he's a good player. That does just enough to get on everybody's bad side. And um, I think he's going to be tough to replace, no matter what your opinion is is of him. And uh, I'm not sure Colton McKivitz is the guy to do it. He's been around for a little bit, but he was a late-round draft pick. That's done enough to hang around, but we'll see. Can he replace Mike McGlinchey um, in the way that he... Again, you're, you're talking about replacing, but... You're also talking about a dude that's not making eight ten million dollars a year, so there's a bit of of cost saving there. But just an interesting position group. Your the rest of your starters remain there. I would say it definitely got worse, but not too much worse. Not eighteen million dollars worse. Uh, you 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 still got everybody else on that line that was there last season. And I remember having these conversations during the off season last year about how bad the offensive line could be and how many unknowns they had and they they kind of proved themselves this year not flawlessly but much better than I think a lot of us anticipated especially along the interior with Jake Brendel and Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford so still some hope here but uh you know they've got to try and replace Mike McGlinchey all right listen up people especially all our guys out there we've got a special offer on the newest addition to your daily self-care routine do you shower how about brushing your teeth i sure as hell hope so and i know you manscape to keep the ladies in your life happy listen no shame 
Self-care is cool and it's manly. And that's why you need to add Sword Vitality Excalibur to your daily routine. Sword Vitality Excalibur can encourage optimal sexual health by increasing blood flow to help you thrive when it matters. Trust me, you might think your girl's happy now, but what if she could be happier? This 30-day regimen designed to benefit your reproductive function can help maintain a healthy libido and stamina. Now, who doesn't want to last longer? Look, the fact of the matter is this. 40% of men experience impotence at the age of 40 and nearly 70% of men at age 70. It's time to take control of your sexual health. Stop buying sketchy pills at gas stations. Stop hiding little blue pills in your sock drawer and get Sword Vitality. You'll be proud of this product. It looks good on the shelf. It sure as hell feels good, and it shows your partner you care. Add Sword Vitality to your pregame, and you'll always be ready for game time. Visit SwordVitality.com now and use promo code GOLD at checkout for a nice discount. That's SwordVitality.com, promo code GOLD, and that discount won't be the only thing you're getting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tight ends. Did they really only add Ross, Ross Dwelly? Is that the only tight end they added? I just, I feel like more went on there, but I, I'm probably wrong. They just recently re-signed Ross Dwelly. Um, George Kittle and Charlie Warner were the only other tight ends on the roster. Uh, subtractions, Tyler Croft, who was on the active roster to end the season. And did Tyler Croft perhaps have the most unceremonious and uh, controversial exit for a for a team, I mean, I mean, we. I wish there was a way to track that. Knowing what we know about these NFL guys, there's probably a way. Like, what was? <laughs> how did the game go for that last player on his last team before he got booted to free agency? If there is a list of what happened to those players on their last game, maybe Tyler Croft is at the top for the the worst game to ever be spent with your former team, because as we know. Tyler Croft was a part of that play uh, when he was tasked with blocking Hassan Reddick, who easily got by him and uh, and hit Brock, Brock Purdy, causing the damage that uh, to his ligament that required the surgery. So very dramatic, all very movie esque. But that was uh, that was Tyler Croft's last game with the 49ers. and just based on that, I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure he'll be back. Just based on the fact that. Jed York probably doesn't want fans gathering around out, outside of his building holding signs of Brock Purdy's elbow with like Tyler Croft's face superimposed over the top of it like some serial killer stuff. Speaking of serial killer stuff, have you guys seen 
The Night Stalker on Netflix. Not recurrent, but if you haven't, you got to watch it. Uh, you know, viewer discretion advised. It's very real. It's very traumatic. It's very, you know, this stuff happened to real people, which I never want to downplay, no matter how long ago it was. But pretty incredible series. Just very eye-opening, uh, very engaging. You know, it's just kind of obviously plays into the fact that human beings that are alive are kind of obsessed with crime that vanquished others. You know, it's it's kind of a weird... I've always thought it was weird, you know, and, and I'm right there within it. But human beings are so obsessed with crime shows when all it really ever is is hella unfortunate shit happening to other people. And uh, you obviously love to see how they got caught. And that is a lot of this, you know, but you also see what, what Richard Ramirez did to people. So I highly recommend it, but be smart about it because if that stuff kind of affects you, if you've been affected by it, because some of it was San Francisco, most of it was L.A., um, then obviously don't go that route. But you know what I'm saying. I'm kind of dancing around it, around it a little too much. If you like crime shit, check it out. Um, we're in tight ends. So Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft with an exit from the team so bad that it made me bring up the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. <laughs> like, my bad, Tyler Croft. Um, did this position group get better or worse? It's a scratch. They still have George Kittle. They still have Charlie Warner, who maybe takes a significant step forward this year. We'll see. Um, they still have Ross Dwelly. Uh, but this is definitely a position that I could see them addressing in the draft. And you know what? I kind of forgot to mention that. Um, let's let's go back real quick. Let's go back real quick. Running backs in the draft. Eh. I mean, yeah, I expect them to add one, but not early. I think that after two consecutive years investing third round picks in running backs and neither of them really working out to an extent that they've earned any prominent role. I mean, right. If, if you're drafting a running back in the third round, uh, that's when they, they should earn a prominent role right away. It's, it's just one of those positions. It's very easy to plug and play. So I don't expect the 49ers to go running backs early or make that a priority. Quarterbacks, probably not. They're kind of set there. Uh, I could see them maybe going a quarterback late, uh, but I could also see them, you know, they went they went with a veteran in Sam Darnold. I think they're probably okay there. But they, they you know, there's likely somebody they want to have on the practice squad that could be a young player. Offensive line, I do see them, uh, I do see them addressing probably more than a pick. One thing I forgot to pull up that I'm going to pull up right now while I'm speaking at y'all is 49ers draft picks. Um, I believe they have three in the third round, three in the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this was written in March of 23, so that should... Oh, Brianna McDonald of the uh, Digital Media Coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, met her at training camp. Uh, very nice, very nice gal. Um, yes, three third rounders, three fifth rounders. Those are all going to be future all pros. We know this a sixth rounder, and then four seventh rounders. So I don't see the 49ers using all those picks. One, I think the 49ers are going to do a little bit of maneuvering with three third rounders and three fifth rounders. I mean, what if they uh, – very far too simple than the drafts ever works out. But what if they took a third rounder, paired it with a fifth rounder, and added a sixth rounder or a seventh rounder? And, uh, you know, they could turn each one of those third rounders into like a, a, a higher third round pick because they're all towards the bottom. 
or, you know, maybe they get into the second round and they still are drafting like six or seven players. So um, with 11 draft picks, I don't see them making all of those, but I do see the 49ers investing pretty heavily into the offensive line. Um, if they do pick three times in the third round, I would expect one of those to be on, uh, on the offensive line, unless uh, just a crazy player falls to them. But I, I do expect them to address that in the draft. That is that is definitely a position I could see them reinforcing a bit. Tight end, definitely, absolutely. I think that's another position that I think the 49ers are going to have pretty high up on their, their draft needs list. Wouldn't surprise me if one of those third rounders was a tight end that they felt fell to them. That just It just seems like it's pointing that direction. Wide receiver. Um, I mean, addition, technically, sort of, Juwan Jennings. They kept him around. They didn't lose anybody. Uh, to my knowledge, I was looking at the group going, did they lose anybody? You know, it's just this group is moving on. Um, I wanted to bring up a Brandon Ayuk tweet. Let me go. That's something else I forgot to. I forgot to search. Where are you at, Mr. Ayuk? I should have just searched your last name. There's a ton of Brandons, not many Ayuks. There he is. So not too long ago, uh, a few days ago, Brandon Ayuk tweeted 1,000 as the fourth option in a run-first offense. I'm as real as it gets. Word to little baby, and I can't, I'm not even, I'm not, whatever. I'm ready to stand on business every time, year four. Okay, so Brandon Ayuk's ready to go. Let's just let's just break down that tweet to the simplest parts. He's ready to roll, but he's also acknowledging that he had, this. here's the part that's interesting to me. Ayuk's acknowledging that he had a thousand yards as the fourth option, fourth option on a run-first offense. Just saying that out loud on Twitter, you know, if that makes any sense, makes me feel like he knows he can get a lot more elsewhere. Just like we believed, uh, Crocker said it recently on Twitter. I've said it many times on this podcast. I believe Brandon Ayuk could make getting to like 1,400 yards look easy. Um, if he were on a, an offense that made him the focal point, that he was like the the wide receiver one, and he, I do believe he is the wide receiver one for the 49ers. He says he's the fourth option, but in terms of catching the ball, I know what he means. He's just talking about in the order in which things happen. You've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got George Kittle, you've got Debo Samuel, and then there's Brandon Ayuk. But hot take, if I had to get rid of one of them, I'd get, I'd get rid of Debo Samuel before I got rid of Brandon Ayuk. Just based on what this 49ers team does right now, I w- that's what I would take because I just don't feel like the 49ers passing, a can- passing attack can stand to lose a weapon as, as dynamic as and as capable of Brandon Ayuk. That's not meant to be some crazy thing. I'm not, I don't have to get rid of Debo Samuel. It's not even my call, but... If somebody presented me with that choice, I would pick Brandon Ayuk over Debo Samuel just because of the pure receiving um, like fire he brings to that offense. I mean, the, the dude is really good, and I believe that he would, again, like I said, be like a 1,400-yard receiver elsewhere. My point being, he knows that. And when it comes to free agency, like keeping him around, that it may get a little bit more expensive than the 49ers are willing to do. Now, that being said, Kyle Shanahan's invested a lot in Brandon Ayuk, and he's coached him hard, and Brandon Ayuk has came out of that like a phoenix born from its own ashes. And um, 
I, I could see that being a reason that Kyle Shanahan wants to keep him around because he wants to reap the benefits of everything he's put into Ayuk. At the same time, Ayuk knows that if he's like the, the first or the second option in an, on an offense, that his numbers are going to go way up and the money he makes is going to go way up. So some interesting time to come from Brandon Ayuk. I felt like that was a good time to mention this, given there was just not a lot of movement uh, from the receivers. You know, you've got you've still got Brandon Ayuk, Danny Gray, Juwan Jennings, uh, Tay Martin down there, Raven McLeod, Daz Newsom, and Debo Samuel. But, you know, not in any particular order. Let's keep going. Moving over to the defensive side. Like I said, we're going to work back to front. Safety, they added slash maintained to Sean Gibson, who had a fantastic year for them last year. He's staying around on another one-year deal. They added former Panthers, Miles Hartsfield, and they lost Tarverius Moore and Jimmy Ward. Um, Tarverius Moore, you know, it's a player that I'm sure the 49ers hoped to add it up to a lot more, but that just never really felt like it, it caught, caught on. Uh, injuries may have played a, a role in that for more. It obviously did, but it just never really developed into anything they, they were able to, to keep on the field. Jimmy Ward is obviously a huge loss. You're talking about the longest tenured player on the 49ers roster, a, a veteran, a leader, a player who was who showed up for big games. You know, he, it was it was whenever the 49ers were going up against the Rams, and that's those aren't the only time. Jimmy Ward was good, but he always stepped up for games like that when it was personal, it seemed. So um, losing Ward is a big, big hit to this group. Did it get better or worse? I'm going to say it definitely got worse because you lost Jimmy Ward. Everybody else is sticking around. You've got Talanoa Hufunga, and you've got Tashawn Gibson. You added Miles Hartfield to be kind of a backup, somebody who uh, you probably wouldn't be terrified that he that he has to come in and start a few snaps. Um, George, George Odom's in there too, playing that backup role, but losing Jimmy Ward is, is massive. He's going to go on and, and continue to make plays over with the Texans. The group definitely got worse. That doesn't mean it's going to be bad because those two starters are still out there, but it's tough to, it's tough to just lose a player like Jimmy Ward and say, everything's good to go. This is probably up there, maybe with my one or two top positions. The 49ers are looking at in the draft. Will there be a, a safety that the team feels comfortable with taking, you know, that high up on their board um, or that, you know, you don't want to force the pick. You don't want to take a safety that you had ranked, you know, 150th. You don't want to take a 90th because you're in the third round and you just need a safety. You don't want to get yourself in that position. The 49ers, are the, is there going to be a safety they value there? We'll see. Um. But this is definitely a position I could see them targeting, uh, you know, obviously more of the free safety type position that could play along with Talanoa Hufanga. But um, pretty high on their priority list, I think. That's 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 my take on it. Corners, they added Isaiah Oliver. They lost Emmanuel Mosley. Um, Jimmy Ward still sort of factors into this because he was coming down and playing nickel after some injuries uh, ran through that group. Um, you know, I think that Emmanuel Mosley uh, is a pretty big loss. Now, he's coming off a season-ending injury. Uh, would he have been what he was when the 49ers lost him? I don't know. It's tough to say. But he had genuinely earned himself a, a starting role in this defense. And when it was him and Charvarius Ward out there, things were great. The 49ers felt great about that group. And they had that competition going on at – 
nickel and then, you know, Jimmy Ward working into the mix and just being able to have Jimmy Ward out there made a huge difference too. As much as he apparently didn't want to play nickel, just having him on the field made a huge difference. Deshaun Gibson's rise kind of all blended that together. But Mosley was a player I kind of thought they'd bring back, given he had that injury, probably wouldn't have been in too expensive. I mean, he, he signed a, uh, a a $2 million a deal with $2 million guarantees, uh, can earn up to $6 million. So we'll see. You know, that was a, just kind of a surprise. I thought they'd try and bring him back. Not, I'm not saying the floor is falling out from under them because they didn't bring him back. But now you've got a position group that has some competition there. Isaiah Oliver kind of considered the favorite to step into that nickel role. But then you've got Ambry Thomas. You've got Sam Womack. You've got Diamondor Lenore, who really started to come on there towards the end of the year. Kind of had a very Ambry Thomas 2021 career arc to him, or season arc to him, where he was struggling there for a bit. Obviously, you're the guy office, opposite Traverius Ward. They're going to throw the ball at you. It is what it is. Um, but he really started to come into his own there for the year. So to me, not bringing Traverius Ward back, not Traverius Ward, uh, Emmanuel Mosley back says that this team was comfortable with the cut one or a couple of the guys on that roster. So um, I, I give Diamador Lenore the favorite, but um, they're going to let that one unfold. And, and maybe this is also somewhere that they see as a priority in the draft, but you know, the corners are just so early to come off the board. You'd, you'd get lucky if, if a corner fell to you. So it doesn't, I do think that they address corner in the draft, but at the same time, I don't necessarily see it as one of the positions they plan to do it too early on because of just the way that board unfalls. Corners just come flying off the board early. So we'll see. Position group get better or worse? I'd say worse, but I think it's, it's like worse, but will probably be okay. But again, you know, is Isaiah Oliver going to be able to slide into that nickel role pretty seamlessly? Um, is is the loss of Jimmy Ward going to be felt with this position group as well? Is Diamondor Lenore going to continue to take those steps forward to be the guy opposite Charverius Ward? Some question marks. The position got worse, but I, I think I think they can be okay. Um, linebacker is another interesting one. Uh, they didn't add anybody at that group per se. I mean, Demetrius Flanagan Foles, they kept around. Uh, they lost Aziz Al-Shire, excuse me, for a fumble in the bag on that one. I mean, he played 30% of the snaps. He was definitely their sub-package guy, but that's a lot. That's one-third. Um, so he's and he, and he got a decent deal, up to $5 million this year for the Titans. And replacing that will not be easy. You know, is it um, – scrolling down to the positions here. You've got Demetrius Flanagan Flows, who, like I said, they brought back. The, the guys is Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. I know that they're really kind of uh, liking what they see with Marcelino McCrary Ball. Um, he could be somebody that steps up into that role and is, is kind of a little bit of a surprise to everybody. But just not a lot going on in that position group other than the guys. This could be some uh, position that I see them look at. You know, they they there's some linebackers that – this is like the opposite of corner. There's some linebackers that fall to this time, this part of the draft that could be very good. Fred Warner, not that that's necessarily common, but he was a third round pick. Maybe you, maybe you feel comfortable getting a linebacker here or in the early fifth round that you feel like can step in and fill the role of somebody like uh, Aziz, Aziz Alshire or at least compete for that role and push the guys on the roster. So kind of an interesting position group, especially with the draft. Um, definitely got worse for now because they haven't really done anything yet to replace 
Aziz Alshire, but not necessarily a position worth worrying about. And last but certainly not least, at least for the main groups, you've got defensive front. And this is when it gets hairy because, I mean, there are a ton of losses here. Uh, subtraction, Samson Ebicam, Charles Omenihu, Hassan Ridgeway, Jordan Willis, Mo Hurst. Um, not all of them huge names, but Ebucam, Omenihu, uh, even Willis in, in his own moments were, you know, those were players that had a significant impact. But you did have some additions. Javon Hargrave, Quaylian Farrell. They signed today Austin Bryant, a um, former, was it, Lions edge rusher. I know a few people were kind of talking about him. Uh, he'll be a rotational guy, kind of one of those Chris Kassarek reclamation projects. Kevin Givens, they kept around. Ty McGill, they kept around. Um, now, it can't. the addition of Javon Hargrave cannot be understated. Uh, I mean, that is, like I said, that was the, per NFL, that was the best free agent of this class. And the 40s were, 49ers were like, swoop, we'll take that from the Eagles. You know, you're, you're strengthening your own group, but and you're weakening the guys that that knocked you out of the race. Um, position did it get worse? I think so. For now, it, it, we know it got better in some ways. I mean, because defensive front technically, it's the interior, it's the edge rushers. Interior wise, it, it got better in the top end, but lost a lot of its depth. Uh, edge rusher wise, you know, you're losing Sanson Ebukam. Who played? Who played a ton of snaps too? I mean, over fifty percent of the snaps. So that's losing a big part of that defense. Um, can somebody come in like Cleveland Farrell to at least kind of fulfill that role? Does Drake Jackson step up? We'll see. But there's just a lot of exchange in here and defensive line and edge rusher, depending on what falls to them, is another position where I could see them heavily investing this year. Um, another one, another player that I thought would be good to mention, I, I accidentally messed up my reshuffled my roster here is, uh, Kalia Davis, who they drafted last year, the fifth round, I believe six, two, 310 pounds, um, DJ Jones type player, former linebacker convert, which is crazy. I believe it was linebacker, um, small stocky guy, but you know, they, they let him take the year off to recover from that. I want to say it was a torn ACL, but somebody that this year they're going to be expecting to get in there and shake things up. And he could be a very surprising addition to that position group that's going to feel like a brand new player, like a rookie, um, because he didn't play last year. So the position's kind of, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from Javon Kinlaw. Drake Jackson was inactive towards the end of the year, a healthy scratch because he was out of shape. Um, you know, it's just a weird dynamic right now for these guys. But in the end, you're going to have Nick Bosa. You're going to have Eric Armstead. You're going to have Javon Hargrave. And those are going to be the bright and shining, like, toys that the 49ers are going to unleash on an offense. But at the same time, as 49ers fans know better than anybody, you better have some guys that can step in there because injuries just happen all the time in this game and to this team. So a lot of uh, a lot of shuffling around there down the defensive line. I would say maybe it got slightly worse, but again, you're talking about adding the number one free agent on the market, and and that has got to be for something. Maybe it ends up getting better. You know the, what's what a lot of people didn't really talk about is the 49ers defensive line kind of started, for lack of a more eloquent way of saying this, shitting the bed towards the end of the year. Uh, I don't even know if Nick Bosa had a sack in the playoffs. 
Um, they just really weren't getting the pressure that they needed. And that tells you kind of what they thought. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if they really just peppered this group with more talent just to see if they can get uh, a couple of guys other than those premier players to, to rise to the top. The last note I have on here in terms of position is kicker. And all I wrote was yes, because the 49ers don't have one. Robbie Gould is still floating around in the little, in the little pond waiting for somebody to throw a loop at him. Um, could be playing a little game of chicken with the 49ers. Maybe there's a chance he still sticks around. Um, or maybe the 49ers are just saying, F it, we're going to go draft a kicker and hope he can do what you did, which is not an easy task. Robbie Gould is one of the greatest kickers of all time. Might end up being a Hall of Fame kicker. I don't know. It's it's tough to make those arguments. I don't know how good of a kicker you got to be to make the Hall of Fame, but he's been doing it very well for a very long time. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if he was back, but it also wouldn't surprise me at all if he was gone. Uh, they did re-sign Tabor Pepper, long snapper. Can't leave him out. Let's go. Uh, let's go, TP. Um, but, again, we'll see what the 49ers do. If they do draft a kicker, don't do it in like the – I mean, I get can they draft a kicker in the fifth round or is, is that too early? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know when what the threshold is for people freaking out about – punter slash kicker drafts, but um, it could be an interesting year for this because Robbie Gould is just so good and he was so reliable and rock solid. I don't believe he's ever mixed a kick in the playoffs, which is also just awesome, <laughs> but uh, we'll see what goes on with that. But again, c- could be back. He might not be. I, I don't know. But so that's our roster wrap up. Again, we hit every position. Did it get better? Did it get worse? Is it a position that they could really Target in the draft. Of course, all positions are positions they could target in the draft. But if you're looking at them all, you know, you've got offensive line, you've got tight end, safety, and maybe defensive line are like the the ones out in front that I could really see them hitting hard. Linebackers, another one I'm sure they feel like they need to address. But um, corner is another one where I wouldn't be surprised if they want to add one more talented player to the mix. So to me, there's about four positions that the 49ers are probably viewing like, all right, we got to get some guys. And they could still add guys through free agency. The, the draft is still a month out. There's still plenty of talented free agencies floated, free agencies, free agents floating around. But that's just kind of how I see it right now. We will revisit this. We will talk draft needs again. We will be more specific with it. But this was kind of just like a nice little overview that I thought to wrap up who the 49ers added in free agency. I feel like I just said like 49ers, like suck a tash, like whatever his name is. I can't do that impression. I was just kind of like throwing it out there. I cannot do it. Um, just to like a, you know, wrap up who they added, who they lost, and kind of where they could be looking to go throughout the rest of free agency or the draft. Um, but hey, we're done. That's it. I I hope I thought this podcast was I feel like I'm I say this all the time. I thought like this was gonna kind of drag. I thought like I wouldn't really be able to bring it today. I, I feel like I did okay. You guys are obviously the judge of that. You keep listening, so I'll keep doing it. Um, still on the hunt for a co-host, but I'm being picky at this point because I had a lot of fun with you guys this year, and uh, the podcast continues to thrive, uh, you know, to do well, and that's all in part to you guys. And if somebody else is going to jump onto this train, they need to be worthy of your uh, of your ears. So we'll get there. We'll get there. I love you guys. Thank you for all your support. Make sure you're subscribing. 
uh, rating, please leave us a review. If you could be so kind, jump onto iTunes or Spotify and just smash the five stars. Uh, if you think we deserve it, if you don't think I deserve it, then, then don't do it because, um, I, 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 you know, we're not fake here. I want to, I want to deserve what I get. Um, but thank you as always for uh, the support. And in the end, just you listening is the ultimate form of that. So, uh, I love you guys. Thank you very much. But all good things must come to an end. I will catch you guys next week for another episode. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we are signing out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.